Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. So let me paint a picture, because words can't describe it. Nationwide with the beauty that's inside it. Crystal clear sky, see the stars late at night, shining bright. And I'm glancing as I'm dancing in the moonlight. From Alice to Seduna, Sydney to Broome. As we cruise to the sounds of a didgeridoo. A cruel kangaroos are hopping across the desert as the sun shines scorching hot across the red dirt. And sets in the west with an abundance of beauty as the western wind blows. It goes right through me. Wombats, brown snakes, wallabies, goannas, they be running wild as geckos, they be sitting on verandas. Crocs, mountaintops surrounded by red rocks, overlooking a flowing creek that never stops. Lazenons and billy boils on a fire blazing. All I can say about this place is it's amazing. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so I've, my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's doing, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we all? Not too bad. A little bit deflated after that little touch-up up there in uh, Apex Oval Dubbo, but we'll get to that one a little bit later. Yeah, the Dubbo disaster. It was started with the New South Wales Cup. They had a chance to put the game away in the last couple of minutes, and instead of going for the field goal, they tried to score the try, and then the first grade. Yeah, the less we say about it, the better, I think. You've got to give credit where it's due, and... These are a great side to watch, but we'll talk more about that a little bit later in the show. And, boys, we've received some terrible news over the last hour. One of the all-time greats of the game, rugby league immortal. He's done every single thing in the game, um, including, in more recent times, a selector in New South Wales State of Origin and the kangaroo team for about 30-odd years. The great Bob Bozo Fulton passed away uh, with a long battle with cancer. Maver? Yeah, it's a sad day. He was, like you said, one of the greats of our game, an immortal. There's nothing more he could have done. I was a bit young to remember him playing, but I have seen footage. He lit up the football field with his sheer pace. They just had Zorba on the radio talking about him. He was very close to him, and you know he was strong, and he revolutionised the game in a lot of ways. He was one of the first to commit to training full-time and brought in the professionalism in the game. But he was a good bloke, Brownie, too. We had a chance to get to know him in England in 1990 when we were over there playing footy and we mingled with the 1990 Kangaroos. Yeah, definitely, Movo. He, he was an icon of the game. And we did have the opportunity to mingle with him over there in the UK while we were over there playing uh, in the second division competition. And it was a great experience to meet a, an immortal like Bozo and just in terms of his rugby league career he, he did it all you know he won three premierships with the 
Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, played for his country 35 times, a successful coach both at club and international levels, and administrator, and also uh, in the media. He was a well-liked person throughout, and I'm sure I haven't heard Ray Hadley uh, speak about uh, his passing just yet, but I'm sure he'll be very touched because... He was part of the continuous core team for a very long time. Oh, a very long time. Listen yeah. to him and Dale Broman, Steve Roach. Chippy Frolingos, Tony Scoop McGay. What a team it was. Yeah, I've listened to them for years and you just get to know them well, that whole team. And Bozo was part of that. Their dynamic was just sensational rugby league back in the day. And they continued some great Aussie radio rugby league we've had over the years, like Frank Hyde, Hollywood and Zorba. So, yeah. Bozo really going to be missed and I've just got a story about I met Bozo as an 11 year old at a rugby league footy clinic and and I'll never forget it they said alright I was only 11 year old they said alright all the 12 year olds go and stand over there and all the under 12s go and stand over there and I went and stood with all the coaching uh, stuff under, <laughs> no, I went and stood with all the under 12s and Bozo goes no no over there with the over 12s I said oh no mate I'm only 11 yeah <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that was my first memory of the great man, but going to be sadly missed, an immortal of the game. Yeah, condolences to all the Fulton family. Yeah, he's going to be sorely missed, a bloke who played over 300 games at first-class level, also coached over 300 games, and as you touched on before, 35 test matches as a player and 39 test matches as a coach. So I don't think too many people can boast that, guys, in the game. And that... Before we move on, that 1990 Kangaroo Tour was an all-time tour. We lost the first test at Wembley. We were there, Brownie, and Ellery Hanley cut us up. And we thought we were gone. It was going to be their first victory in 20-odd years, whatever it was. Then the next two games, we had two epic comebacks. Mm. Mal Meninga scored a try. We'll all never forget. We were sitting in the corner right where Mal scored, and we're probably the only couple of Aussies there. And we all went up, and the poor Pommies were... Sitting in their seats. Yeah, so then it was one all. And then the third test, I think Cliffy Lyons made a break and scored a magic try that sealed the series. And Bozo was the coach of that team. So great team, great memories for all Australian rugby league fans. Okay, chaps, what's on the show? Okay, we recapped that touch-up up there at uh, Apex Oval in Dubbo, 56 points to 12. Um, I don't think we're going to go over that one too much, boys. But we also got... A little chat with Rabbitohs Radio Ambassador Luke Chicka Carroll. And also, our remembering a Rabbitoh this week is the Mercurial Chris Sandow. And we preview that clash against the Eels next weekend, boys. Okay, we had some banners made up by our man Perry at Worldwide Printing, and thank you for that. And if you want to have a look at those, we'll display them on our website webpage. But we put a couple of posts up, and Justin Carroll at Erco Bolo has let us put one up there. And that's the home of no names. If you haven't been there, it's one of the only places now you can get no names in Sydney. And yeah, so they've looked after us there, put one right out the front. And also Ellie from the Park Cafe is going to let us put one up there. Mm. And we've had a great response. Some of the people that are letting us put banners around in some prime locations around Sydney. So if you see one of those, take a photo for us, tag us in it, share the love. Because the whole idea of that is that we want people to know that we can be found on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Yeah, we're just looking for a little bit of an advantage to get out there and spread the word that we are on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network and no better way to put some banners up 
in some prime locations. And like you said, Mavo, the bowling club was our first venue. And we've had some good responses. And there'll be a lot more banners going up very shortly. We're getting a couple more made in the next few days. And have a look out for them, guys. And make sure you get a photo with them. Because one of the things is, is we've moved from Rabbitohs Radio, our location, to the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. And it's taken a while for some people to get that. And we just need more people to know. So if you're listening to this now, as you obviously are, please make a note of that. Tell people and help us out by letting everybody know that we're on that green logo, Rabbitohs Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your podcast apps. Well said, Mova. Now, you released uh, an article during the week, Mova, The Legends of Lauriston. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I've spoken about it on the show a few times. It dates back to, I think it was March, when we featured Ernie Hamilton on Remembering a Rabbitoh. And Brad Ryder gave us an article. And in that article, it said that Ernie Hamilton played for Cleveland Street and also Lauriston United. And, well, I've heard of Cleveland Street, but not Lauriston United. So I went on a process of doing some homework and some research and went to Mascot Library. The Botany Historical Society helped me out. And a lot of people gave us some input on Facebook and thank you to everyone who did that. took me a few months to find the time to put it all together with some photos but the end result is out there now and I've had some okay feedback so... Very interesting. Thanks mate, yeah. I was a bit worried it was a bit long and people might not have stayed interested but I mean I was interested in it. It was a story that was close to my heart because it's this mysterious place that is only really across the road at the airport site. Less than one kilometre away from yeah, where we are. exactly. So well, growing it's a, up... It's a suburb that time forgot, maybe, basically. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I didn't know anything about it, but slowly but surely things emer- people emerged with stories about it and it sort of came to light. And it was amazing how that happened. Originally, we got some black and white photos and then somebody, I think uh, Mick Cross, gave me a colour photo and it showed the colours of Lauriston United in the uh, maroon and blue. So it sort of came to life actually came to life when that happened and so yeah we'll share a link to that on the episode webpage if you want to have a look you can scroll down now or wait till the show's over and have a read a great little history lesson about a suburb which is not far away it's called the legends of Lauriston a tiny town and its team that time forgot okay we are recording here on a Sunday afternoon just after the Rabbitohs lost to the Panthers but the upcoming round is Indigenous round one of the most important rounds in the rugby league calendar we might have a little chat about who are our favourite Indigenous players of all time, boys. Brownie? We were fortunate to play with a lot of the Indigenous players coming through at the Rabbitohs. And, and one of my favourites was Graham Chunky Lyons. I got to play all my junior league career against Graham. He played with the Maddo Tigers and La Perouse. And uh, once we hit the Harold Mats and the SG Ball, we both come through the grades together. And we were fortunate enough to win the SG ball uh, with the Rabbitohs. And, uh, yeah, just a freakish talent. Uh, had explosive speed and ran low to the ground. And, uh, yeah, just what, what a great talent he was. Was he always a centre? I know he played a lot of centre and wing in first grade. Did he play in other positions? Yeah, he played in the forwards. He played uh, lock. He played at 13 for a fair bit. Through Wasn't his... he a good defender, legs tackler? Yeah, leg Incredible tackler. legs tackler. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go far in today's game, would it? The legs tackler. Yeah. Well, in 89, Chunky and myself were the centres and we prided ourselves on our defence and that was what we feel got us into the minor premiership. 
that we won by five points. So, yeah, could tackle, could play, chunky. and He also represented New South Wales. I think he played one origin match. He did. He did indeed. So players from that era that I rate as well was well, Paul Roberts. He's a mate of mine. And when I was playing in trials in 1987 in the first grade, it was me and him in the centres. And he was just a freakish talent. Very underrated. Yes. And could play. Another guy, good mate of mine, Bruce Longbottom. We featured him on the show. He could play. So we were lucky to play with some great players. But another one that comes to mind is Sam Bacco, who I played against. And because I just remember seeing stars once when I tried to tackle the bloke. It was like trying to tackle, you know, this this huge human being. And, yeah, so, you know, he, he could play as well. Sam played State of Origin Australia too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Def- definitely. And, Chaps, you've been a supporter of this wonderful club and you would have seen many great Indigenous players come through the sides. Did you have one one of your favourites? Oh, I always loved Tricky Trindle. He just never knew what he was going to do, I guess, Trick. And he was in the halves, and I always loved the halves. But not only our club, like, obviously, guys like Preston Campbell, that giving away 20 kilos every time he took the field to everyone, and he could sort of duck under a tackle and show and go. He played fullback, 5'8", halfback. He'd done it all. And, you know, Peachy, the silky skills of David Peachy. Mm. And we were lucky enough to have him in the last couple of years at the Mighty Rabbitohs. Cliff Lyons. What a player. Cliffy, Cliffy Lyons. Yeah. Chuck Mundine. I love Chuck Mundine. Mm. You know, that that year in, in 99, he just, he's just about the best player in the world then. They just all had this natural ability to play the game. And just like it was backyard footy, all of them. And even the Today stars of Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell. Oh, wow. We're yeah. filled with great talent with Indigenous players. Today's game is played by 12% Indigenous players. I've got, got that stat yesterday. Mm-hmm. 48% Polynesians and Pacific Islanders and 12% Indigenous. So 60% of Indigenous players. So you just mentioned Cliffy Lyons there. One of the greats. We just talked about him. And also Chunky Lyons. But I always remember his brothers. Michael Lyons. Good mate of mine. Mudge. He was just a gifted footballer. Played lower grades at the Roosters. And their other brother, Wok. Good player. And a bloke that I miss to this day... E pair, Christopher Lyons, who was my age, and we battled against each other all through our junior footy. So so just shout out to not only all the Indigenous talent that's played first grade, but to all the players that played lower grades and just love their footy week in, week out in the junior teams. And, and junior league, yeah, yeah, that's right. And there's so many of them out there. So, And to all the Indigenous players from the country as well, the country era, that don't get the opportunity to come to the city. And also the knockout as well. They love their footy. That's a great event. We've had Brad Cook on the show. And, you know, that's the one of the lifebloods of this game that Indigenous players, that they just bring that, that heart and that talent to the game. One we forgot, boys. Nath Merritt. Oh, there Nathan you go. Merritt, yeah. Well, there's so many. Yeah. But he was one of the greats, Nath. Yeah. yeah. So many out there. So also, it is Indigenous round. So we're going to share some art from Lynn Simons. Gerald Simon's mother. She's a very talented Indigenous artist. So you can have a look at that on the episode webpage. And also, South Cares does a great job with Indigenous communities. Alicia and Buddy and Reese Wesser, they've got a great team there and they do so much work in the whole community. But I think we've spoken about this before that unfortunately a lot of their work is needed with Indigenous youth because they find themselves in a higher rate of trouble than, than the average population. So yeah, they do some great work there. I think they went to Dubbo Mm. during the week, so they spent a couple of days out there. They're actually a brilliant charity that helps so many people 
So if you're looking to support any charity, then look no further than South Cares. We'll share a link on the website. And also, we wore our Indigenous jerseys today. They look pretty good, boys. And we're wearing them again when we take on the Eels this Saturday. And there's a little bit of a story behind that. It was facilitated by Uncle Joe Walker, an Aboriginal artist from northern New South Wales and the uncle of Cody Walker. And it was designed by seven participants from the South Cares Community Programs. Imogen Grant, Mia Gregory, Tyrese Lyons, Melody Roberts, Adrian Scanlon, Jaden Sims and Natalie Travado. And isn't it ironic that a couple of those names, Lyons, Roberts, Sims, are ones that we've already mentioned in favourite players of all time. So well done to those kids. And I believe that the jersey reflects some red fern and some La Perouse. So that's sort of people from South Sydney can relate to that. And if you want to purchase that jersey, you want to head to shop.rabbitos.com.au. There'll be a link on our episode webpage. Or you can go to the merchandise shop as well. Yep. Down there at Heffron Tennis Centre. Yep. And I'm sure those shells will be packed full of those Indigenous jerseys. Okay, boys, we're going to do a bit of a necessary evil here. We're going to recap this touch-up up there in the bush. Uh, 56 points to 12. I mean, without going on a bit of doom and gloom, we, we didn't play well and all that, but... Still, I think it was a, a good initiative to take a game out of the bush and just for the fans out in the bush and the kids to be able to meet the players of Penrith and the Rabbitohs. I heard they did a great job out there. It's, it's got to take the positives out of that. Oh, it's a great concept and we should be doing more of it. I know we've got a couple of games that we take to the country. One, the Charity Shield in Mudgee. Uh, Dubbo, which we played today. We've got another one later in the year. We're going up to the Sunshine Coast. But yeah, look, it's a good initiative and something that should continue throughout the next couple of years to get the bush footy back up and running. Uh, they really deserve it. Well, it was a terrible start and it just got worse from there, didn't it? We, we dropped the ball. We were putting on high shots. We gave away penalties. And the Panthers were just on. They're some team, this Panthers juggernaut, aren't they, guys? Any time they got in field position, it just looked like they were going to score just about... Um nearly every time there that Nathan Cleary was the orchestra of the of the whole thing and geez, they get, they're hard to stop Brownie once they get going yeah we just had no answers for them in whatever we did especially when they had the ball and every time we had the ball they had every answer for us and I said at the start of the show they're just a great side they're good to watch uh, and you as a team you've got to be on song when you come up against them and unfortunately today like you said, Mavo, so many things we did wrong. I was writing them down for notes for this recap, and I don't want to read it out because it's depressing. Mm. So I like to go through them all. So let's look. You all watched the game. You saw what we didn't do right. So even if we didn't do all of those things, we still would have been in for a tough game because just you know. a couple of areas. I'll mention a couple of areas that we've got to improve, especially next week coming up against Parramatta, who are playing right now. I know they were getting beat four nil, but the play the balls, the ruck area, boys. I, Penrith were just getting up way too quick and playing the ball and leaving, you know, one and two of our players on the ground and it's just not on in today's game. You you know, you've got to win that area. You've got to win the contact. You've got to put them on their back. Um, and if you don't do that, well, then you're, you're backpedalling for, you know, pretty much the whole game and that's what was happening to us. Well, how do you stop that toll? You put a good shot on him, try and hold him down and he just fights his way up and gets... 
quick play the ball no matter what you do. Well, Sewell put an incredible shot in the second half. He got straight up and played the ball. Yeah, I mm. didn't see that. Actually, <laughs> flogged him. That was the the <laughs> so that was supposed to be the highlight of the game. You expected him to go, get like lay down like he was hurt, but it didn't even flinch. It was uh, an absolute it, boost. It just took us a while. Once they sort of wrestled momentum off a spot, I think with that ten, when it went to 10-0, they were in complete control. And I think we never got, never looked like getting up the other end until Latrell did that big... Big barnstorming rung up one end, knocked that Liam Martin over. Then the following set of six, he, he puts um, Mansoor over in the corner. Mm. And I thought, here we go. This, this could be something. And then we dropped the ball off the kickoff and, mm. and then ended up getting a penalty goal to sort of close yeah. the half out. And Yeah, look, we just weren't in the contest at all from, you know, from go to woe. And I know we're a, a Rabbitohs podcast here. And we should be talking about our players, but you've got to give credit where it's due and, uh, to the local boy, Matt Burton. I thought he had a wow of a game, boys, and he's got to come into serious contention for State of Origin. That's a oh, freak. Oh, I'd have him in there. How can you not have him in there? What more could he be doing? The Bulldogs have got a good one there. Oh, haven't they? What? But we will talk about one of our players, Cameron Murray. Well, hopefully we're 40 points better when he comes back because we got rolled 56-12. to 12, But what, yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts, boys? Is he back next week? Well, they in the report they said, you know, maybe maybe another two because once he comes back and starts running, they might give, need to give him ten days. But and just on Nathan Cleary, I looked at his goal kicking percentage, and I stand corrected that Renault isn't the greatest goal kicker of all time percentage wise. It's actually Nathan Cleary because on the screen today it said he's kicking at eighty four percent over his six year career. So that's phenomenal. I'll still have Renault, mate. He's kicked twenty three goals on a row, by the way. Mm. Yeah, well, didn't we, miss again today. Yeah, the commentator actually said. I'd have Renault as my best kicker ever, and you know, you, yeah, you, you I, couldn't go wrong with either one. But percentage-wise, I'm just saying that Nathan is is up there. I'd he's, agree. He's, 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 he's number one. I'd, I'd have Renault in yeah. front of Cleary. But I'm saying, if there was an Australian team pick tomorrow, I'm picking, picking Nathan Cleary as my halfback. He's, he's, he's <laughs> absolutely killing him. Isn't well, he? well, I was going to say that we lost an immortal in the great Bozo Fulton. Is Nathan Cleary on his way to being the next immortal? The way he's playing? Oh, look, there's a long way to go. He's got a lot of footy in front of him. It's a huge call, mate. Yeah, it is a huge call, but he's making all the right moves, Maver. He's doing everything right. He's steering a, a great team uh, around the field. Uh, they're playing great footy, and he's playing great footy himself. It's not only is he setting up tries, he's scoring tries himself. So, big call, but he's you know he's on his way. Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. The Rabbitohs, home away from home. The place, place to play, play while the, the bunnies, bunnies are away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I spoke to Shannon Donato during the week, and the merchandise shop will be moving from Heffron Park to the juniors very soon, maybe only weeks away. So that's good news. It's a better space up there. There was not much room at Heffron Park, so they couldn't fit too much stock in there. So, yeah, you can go up to the Rabbitohs shop, buy some merchandise, and then go to the Sun Deck Brasserie for a bit of lunch. Maybe a couple of beers, or if you want to go for a workout, join the juniors too. It's good value. All the juniors groups of clubs are. Yeah. Alabar and Maribu. I actually went down there yesterday, and it was closed. I didn't know it was closed on a Saturday. I had to drop my daughter down to netball. They get there like 15 minutes early, and I was going to call into the shop and have a look around, but unfortunately, the merchandise shop was closed. But in other news, well, happy... When it, well, just before we move on, when it is shut, you just have to go to shop.rabbitos.com.au to do your shopping. I normally do. So it's never closed, just the shop is. <laughs> I normally do. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, And in other news, Brownie? Yeah, a big happy birthday to Keon. 
Kalamatangi, not the result we were hoping for today for a birthday present. You didn't get the chocolates, but hopefully you've got a big chocolate cake waiting for you at home, mate. Yeah, and he's probably bringing home a suitcase full of mice as well. But, yeah, <laughs> and oh, I actually spoke to him at the press conference during the weekend. I asked him about his first try. I congratulated him on his first try that he scored against the Sharks. It was a great try. And he ran off the great Benji Marshall, which is a story you can tell his grandkids. And I actually mentioned to him that I've, I never stopped talking about Phil Blake passing me the ball for my try. And now you can always talk about... Well, now you ben- mention it. Benji Marshall didn't use him, though. Didn't need him. Yeah. Didn't get in the field. But oh, I, mean, no. I don't think he would have done have a lot out there. But No, well, I think that was a pretty smart move from Wayne. Yeah. Uh, especially... You know, the game was pretty much gone at half-time. It's no use throwing Benji out there and risking him getting injured uh, in case we get an injury to one of the halves or, or like we have done over the last few weeks and we're short on troops. Well, should he have pulled the trigger about halfway through the first half when we were getting blown out when we needed points? Well, I just think it happened so quick, Mavo. I mean, they scored three tries in 15 minutes and, you know, they were on a roll on straight away and... Where was you going to put him within that 15, 20-minute period? Well, instead of bringing on like, like an edge forward, we could have put Benji in and just if, and went for it. We had to do something to try and pull it out of the fire, but it didn't happen, so we've already moved on from that game because it's very <laughs> upsetting. Yep. So and just back to Curran. Happy 23rd birthday, mate. Okay, let's move on to Spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If? It's Aussie for travel, and I went out to... Ironmark High Performance Centre yesterday for the Jersey Flag in the women's game. And it was free entry because I speculated on that last week. And I was given full access to all the teams, which was great. Thank you to Joe O'Callaghan for that. And at the footy, I ran into regular attendees Cashy and Reg Chapel. So just have a listen to this. Reggie Chapel and Cashy, how are you, boys? Yeah, good, you mate. Nice sunny day, Redfern. Yeah. So you boys come out and support the Pathways teams, not just the first grade? Yeah, always just to come and have a look to see what the developing players are coming through. And what about you, Reggie? you like coming out and watching these, these lower grade games? Oh, I certainly do, yes. It's good to watch. And some um, looking for some stars, but haven't seen them so, so far. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and as they attack here, and the Bunnies just scored under the post. Yeah, the boys. There we go. First try. Just Probably on cue. Well done. Only about five out now. South Jersey flag on the attack, leading 6-0. They've given up the kick in front to go 8-0 up. The, the, the Grant's talking about his Peter Mamoulis. That's him with the ball now, Mamazoulis. He's going again for the line. Yeah, Peter Mamazoulis, number nine, yeah. a little hooker. The lap of Yeah. He's gone himself. And I tell you what, he scored the oh, try <laughs> just on cue. Peter Mamazoulis, he showed the ball right, took for, off left. We're going for all three grades this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. Right, so there you go. I sat with the boys over on the heart. They sat on the opposite to the opposite side of the tunnel in the oh, sun. Reggie likes to sunbake. <laughs> yes. He loves Wileys and Malabar Pool, doesn't he, chaps? Oh, he loves getting down there and getting down out of a sunbake, having a dive in. He enjoys it. Has Talk- a swim as well. Always talking about weather down there, temperature. Swims Constantly. a bay. Swims a bay too, yeah. Still, still, still doing all right. And like I said to the boys, they get out there and they support our pathways teams. It's not just all about the first grade. There's some talented players out there, and one of those was Peter Mamazoulis. And it's funny that I had the microphone on, and Cashy asked me about. He said, "Oh, Chaps has mentioned this Mamazoulis. Who was he?" And I said, "There, he's got the ball, and he just scored." 
<laughs> so that worked out good. Other great performances. David Mawali was another standout. He's just so hard to stop when he runs the ball. He doesn't look out of place. He's 18 years old, playing against 21-year-olds. Yeah, I don't think it'll be too long, Mavo, before he's up playing in the New South Wales Cup. Mm. I reckon I, another couple of games and yep. he'll get his opportunity. I've been enjoying watching him and... Like I said, he runs the ball. His defence is ferocious. He just hits him so hard. He puts himself on the line. There's just he's just a natural footballer, and I've been really enjoying watching him. Like we went, I went to keep an eye on young Maverick Geyer, and at one stage there in the second half, he took a hit up, and Davey just smashed him. Mm. You know, so it was a good contest. Also, Ben Lovett impressed me. He's tough too. He puts his body on the line in defence. The big number ten was taking the ball up off the back fence from the kickoff, and he's just going bang and dropping dropping the shoulder into him. So he, he's a good player too. The big lock, Tavita Talmapina. He scored a double. He's a big mobile unit. And I filmed one of his tries with, with a big sidestep. And, yeah, that sort of went viral on our TikTok. I'll share that on the episode webpage if you want to have a look. Also, winger Talis Anjianga. He was fired up. And me standing behind the goalpost. Again, I got to hear all the banter. And, yeah, he really rips in. He's one of Benny Hill's boys, I think. Yep. Recruited him from the Central Coast, I believe. What about Isaiah, mate? How'd he go? Isaiah went good. He scored a try, a very popular try too. And, and I happened to capture that on film and it's gone a bit viral as well. All his friends are watching that and he got a bit of a split above his eye and I said to him after the game, oh, you reckon you need a stitch there? He goes, ah, oh, no, I'll just probably put a bit of Vaso on it and I'll be right for next week, you know. So he's tough, mate. Oh, he's tough, Unstoppable, man. mate, Isaiah. Don't worry about that. And they, so, give, they give it to him in the end, mate, no? They did. So that Panthers team, I think it only lost one game and... Our boys really put them away. Controlled it was, them from yeah, the outset. Yeah, it was probably their best team they could put on the field, and it showed. They just controlled the game. Halfback Lachlan Elias, good game. And Lathan Hutchison-Walters scored a try, kicked seven from seven. So there's talent right through that team, and look out for them because they could give this competition a big shake if they keep playing like that. We'll just go around the grounds, boys, at 16-6 out of Bankwest Stadium <laughs> to the Manly's Eagles. Yeah. And also, it was a great day out there. I went and... Had a chat to Elliot at the Park Cafe, and, and I was overheard talking about the podcast, and a couple there said to me, oh, what podcast is that? And I gave them a card, and as it turns out, they were Rabbitohs fullback, Kendall's Faye's girlfriend's parents. And I had a chat to them, and they said that Kendall Faye is actually related to the great Redfern Express, Terry Faye. Who we've had on the show. Who we've had on the show, and I told them that, and I think they said that Kendall's grandfather and Terry's grandfather or father are brothers. So then after I talk to Kendall's girlfriend's parents, I go start watching the game and Kendall scores a try right under the post, a runaway try, and I film that as well. And so after the game, I had a chat to him and I said that Terry Fay was down a couple of weeks ago and he said, yeah, I've seen him and all that. So yeah, if he's got any of the talent of his Redfern Express Rello, then look out for that young bloke to go a long way. Just on Redfern Oval, Mavo, you're doing a great job down there with the camera and the video, all the TikToks. Mm. Chaps, you, you're getting amongst it? Oh, yeah, I love a TikTok. How, how good is it? <laughs> yeah, well, TikTok also goes straight into Instagram story and, and that as well, so they're p- compatible with each other. So that's we, we can cover a couple of bases there. But, yeah, a lot of the that demographic of those young players, they're all on TikTok and Insta and all that. And But it's good to show some of the footage, and I took a lot of photos, and I put them on Facebook. So I put about 20 of my best photos on Facebook, and some of those were quite good. Yeah, it's exclusive footage, all that stuff in the pathways. It's it's great access. Um, the fans get to see it. I love seeing the photos. But also, before we brush over the Park Cafe, they do a great coffee down there. I had a bacon egg roll there during the week. It was, that's a 9 out of 10. Oh, yeah, that's uh, 
Good spot, isn't it, down there, that cafe? Yeah, oh. and, I, and I had the chicken sandwich and went back and kept filming, eating my chicken sandwich, and I was, it was beautiful, but I was sort of wearing it and trying to film. I had two cameras. <laughs> and, but, yeah, it was all happening, but it was great. It was a great day there. And, and while I was at the Park Cafe, I also spoke to Anne-Marie, who does data football analysis for the women's team. And she works with the first-grade statsman, Lee Richardson. Now, Anne-Marie is doing an internship, and she's got a Bachelor of Sports and Exercise Science degree and also a graduate certificate in performance analysis. So she's a smart young lady, and I just asked her a bit about what she does, and she said they record video at training, anything the coach wants. She also does live stats during the game, so she keeps a record of the completed sets and 40-20s and all of that, tackle counts. And she just also does that program where they can analyse and focus on each player. I think we spoke to Campbell Graham about that. So, yeah, that was good. So I had a great day. I also spoke to Chock Gale, and he said next week he'll be having a run for mascot just to ease his way back in. He hasn't played for 18 months, so young Lachlan Gale, look out for him coming back. I spoke to Ryan Jones, who ruptured his MCL, strained his PCL, and tore his calf all in one injury. Jeez, that's a yeah. It's like a car accident. Yeah, poor bloke. So felt sorry for him, but he's hoping to get back this year. But the highlight for me, boys, was I went in the dressing room before the game, and the boys did the huddle, and I filmed them coming out. But then I went in after the game, into the first grade dressing room, and Joe O'Callaghan gave the boys a really good speech. He said, look, you've had a win today, but you it's only round 11. You want to be playing like that at round 25 at the business mm. end of the season. So don't get ahead of yourself. Mm. Keep doing what you're doing. But he was proud of them, and they did play well. And then we got to sing the team song, which I joined in with. I oh, really good. enjoyed it. So. Yeah. And I'll share that on our episode webpage as well. well. It's all about being consistent, like Joe said. You know, you've got to, you've got to do it week in, week out. You can't just play good one week and and not the other. So maybe you did, you did great down there. And it's all about connecting the Rabbitohs community. And before we move on, I did film some of the ladies' team. They played against the Glebe Dirty Reds and had their first win of the season, twenty-two points to twenty. So congratulations to those girls. I know. What about that? I said they've been close to a win the last yep, few weeks. You did that. They, defensively, they don't shy away. They get in front of the opposition, but uh, they just needed a few points, and they scored 22 points. So yep. there you go, 22 and, points to 20. And they went down 6-0, and the heads didn't drop, and they come back and did themselves proud at Redfern Oval. So good on you, girls. First of many wins for the season. Keep it going. Yeah, well done to the girls. All right, boys, in the knock-on effect cup, it was, a, it was a great contest. I thought we started really well, and it, it, there was a little period there where Penrith got on top, but we, we sort of got the ascendancy back there, and um, I think we led 22 points to 10 at one stage, And but the Panthers come come over the top, boys, and pulled our pants down. Yeah, like you said, chaps, we, we got off to a bit of a flyer. I think we got out to a 14-0 lead. Yep. And we are travelling well, and it was, we got to a bit of an arm wrestle there through the middle period of the game, and... The Panthers clawed their way back, but I thought we had enough points to to go on and win it, and we put ourselves in a position to win the game. And unfortunately, there was an opportunity where we could have kicked the field goal, and we didn't take that that chance. Yeah, well, it was just laid out perfectly. I thought, oh, this has worked out nicely. We got the ball turnover on the halfway, three minutes to go, worked at the post, put the field goal, and we didn't even put a kick in. We went for the try, which I went was for the killer blow, but it didn't, didn't come off. But no, anyway. it was diabolical. So they had that game to win, and they were the better side for most of the game. And the Panthers have got some class players, and they shone in the end and got them back in to win the game. But yeah, it was the return of 
Blake Taff, and he scored a great try off a Dean Hawkins pass. Mm. So it was interesting to watch a few of the halves that we've been talking about. Dean Hawkins, Troy Dargan, Blake they play, Taff. They played well, the halves. They did. And I've seen something that I've never seen before in rugby league. 2040. 2040. Yeah. Yep. That was kicked by Dean Hawkins. Yep. And, and it, we he? scored off that, you know. We did. We, we went down. We got a repeat set. He put a nice little kick in. Uh, to get a repeat set, and then we scored off the back of that. I thought both impressive. I thought um, Blake Taff was, he, he's all over the joint. He, you know, he's, he's got so much energy. Sometimes he's doing two hit-ups in, in a set of six coming out of our own end, or he's just alive on every play. Yeah. His defence is pretty solid. He, he held a try up there or two. Yeah. Still looked a little bit gingerly on his ankle, but that's to be expected. He's just come back from, you know, a severe ankle injury, but I thought he was really good, and he's only going to be better for the run. The two front rows are good. Hamecelo, Paddy Mago dominated for the middle. Uh, Jack Cameron off the bench. He looks a handy find. Um, there's, there's a bit going on there in that team, boys. And you know what was really good? The ground, boys. How good was the ground? I was in good nick. Mm. Wasn't it? A credit to the groundsmen out there at Apex Oval and all the Dubbo community for yep. putting on such a great event. Even though it was, as I said earlier, the Dubbo disaster, the ground was good anyway. Let's go to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. His call is loud and clear Like the howling of the wind Here a man can say to himself Oh, what a place I'm in Oh, what a place My name is Luke Carroll and I was a child actor on Liftoff. Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got Rabbitohs Radio ambassador, Luke Chicka Carroll on the line. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Thanks, lad. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. No worries, mate. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Mate, I grew up in uh, Warmaloo. Um, same hood as you know, the likes of Jim Dimmick. He went on to play for... Canterbury, West, Parramatta, London Broncos, State of Origin, Blues representatives and Aussies, Australian representatives, and uh, Shannon Donato, who works for the Rabbitohs as well. So he played first grade himself with Cronulla, South, and, and Penrith. So, yeah, mate, from the hood, come down here in Ormaloo, 2011. Now, we are bookended by the CBD, Sydney CBD, and the, and the Notorious Cross, mate, the Golden Mile. So it was a, it was a good place to grow up. We had the harbour down at and the end of the street from uh, um, the playground, which was situated in, in our, we known as the playground, it was situated in our, in the middle of the suburb. And it contained uh, a basketball court, uh, a little paddle tennis court, and a full-size tennis court. And that's where we, the, all the kids hang out, hung after school. Um, it was the best, mate. We learned how, that's where we learned our trade. Now, we were, if you're from Wollongong, you're pretty efficient in all sports. You know, we played, you know, basketball, obviously, in the court, touch footy in the court. Uh, but before, also followed the season. So if it was cricket, summertime, we'll play cricket. So yeah, and tennis all year round as well. So we, um, great place to grow up. A lot of, lot of lifetime mates there and a lot, lot of memories. And, um, yeah, proud to be a Wilmer boys. So you mentioned Shannon Donato there, mate. He's on the top four podcast. Have you, have you had a listen to that? <laughs> I have, mate. I have indeed. And, um, yeah, the lads are doing well. It's, uh, yeah, it's nice. Just as good as you guys, I think. But um, 
I have, and uh, yeah, Shannon to make sure I, I tune into that as well. You got any good stories about Shan there, Chica? Oh, mate, the um, great man, Shannon. Like he's a good community man. He's done really well for himself, Shannon. You know, he, he remains a good mate of mine. We um, actually went away recently to watch a Rabbitohs Titans game with about twenty of the boys from Wollongong, boys trip. Uh, Jim Dimmick, um, you know, the Titans assistant coach. So we, we all went up there and made a whole weekend of it. Went to the races on the Saturday and uh, had a big tennis tournament on the Sunday at the at our resort where we were staying. So it was good. But Shannon, you know, it's uh, tough. He was a tough player growing up, but uh, a good story. You know, like I said, we played tennis growing up in, in Wormaloo and uh, paddle tennis, you know, with the wooden, old wooden bats. And Shannon would never lose a match. <laughs> the reason being, Shannon was down, you know, 6-1, 5-love in the second set. With a 40-15 against him, he'd walk off the court. Um, and say you haven't beat me um, <laughs> so he said it was unbeaten he had a <laughs> just spit the dummy he had, he had 50 wins zero losses <laughs> so uh, he'd walk off the court and say no you haven't beat me so that's uh, that's the best memory I have of Shannon growing up <laughs> mate oh mate he's a good man Shannon mate you just mentioned your childhood uh, what about your junior footy career who did you play your junior footy with Mate, a few, a few teams started in the South Comp. I started playing as a four-year-old with the Zetler Magpies, and my mum said I had memories of me running out. I still, uh, still had a dummy at the time. <laughs> <laughs> For, running out, yeah, and just uh, playing with the, the, the mighty Zetler Magpies. Uh, I then went on to play for the Riffin All Blacks for a year. Then uh, we moved down to Wollongong, and I played for the uh, Wollongong Warriors in the, in the East Comp for a few years, and then we came back to the, the South Comp, uh, I played for the Carrington Cougars, uh, Alexandria Rovers, uh, and then went back to, had about four or five good years of the, uh, the Magpies again. We won about five in a row up the, at the old Redfin Oval, five competitions in a row, and, and then I uh, finished up with uh, uh, More Park. I played yeah. with More Park, finished up with More Park under 21s, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I also had a, had a year over at uh, Leichhardt Juniors in the Balmain Comp as well. Well, you've had a great career, mate, through the, the junior footy days. What about some of the players that you played with? Yeah, some of the players went on to, went on to play first grade, Willie Peters. Uh, you know, he's now the Newcastle Knights assistant coach. I'm sure everyone knows who Willie is. He's a South Junior and he played for the Rabbitohs. Mm-hmm. Lee Hookie, he was in our team as well. We had Sean Byrne, went on to play for the Waratahs. Um, who else we have? Um, yeah, we had... Uh, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Three biggest sports. What about the Pom? Oh, Andrew, Andrew, yeah, yeah, Andrew Roberts played. <laughs> um, yep, we had we had a great team. We had a real good team. You know, what, the likes of Danny Mancuso, he's a tough player. Wayne Kelly, one of the players Aaron Grubby and um, Willie Willie Gordon, who's uh, mm, yep, yeah, he, he was a talent, <laughs> Willie Gordon, wasn't he? Oh man, he was an action. I mean, he's he's his transformation over the years has changed, but he was a winger. Mm. He was a you know, he was. We call him the Flash, Black Flash. He was lightning, mate. He's given the ball, and I wouldn't catch him. So, is, is he young bloke playing for the Sharks? Is that the same one? No, Willie, Willie Gordon. No, 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 Willie Gordon. So, um, buddy's buddy's brother. Buddy's buddy's brother. Yeah. My, my, buddy's my Gordon's brother. brother. Yeah, Lee, Yelene Gordon's his uh, younger brother, who, who was our ball boy. But yeah, we had a we had a great team. Mark Mundine um, played as well a couple of years with. So, yeah, Damien Parsons. I know some of you boys know Dave Parso. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, the names kept going, mate. We had a, we had a yeah, few good few good years there. 
Mate, you had more clubs than Greg Norman by the sounds of it. You're a bit of a journeyman. <laughs> a few, a few good yeah, bad Mondays. <laughs> oh, mate, there was, mate. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Chicka, just going back to where you're from and that. So, it's Indigenous round. So, we usually ask our Indigenous guests, what is your mob for your family? Yep, so I'm born and bred on Gadigal country. So, you know, I was born at Crown Street Women's Hospital in Surrey Hills, um, Rabbitohs Territory. Um, and then I you know, lived all my life in Sydney, but my mob is uh, the Wiradjuri Nation. Uh, the biggest uh, tribe in New South Wales stands just go over the Blue Mountains and once you hit uh, Lisco, all the way up to Dubbo, down to the Riverina. That whole, that whole landmass is the Wiradjuri country, so that's my mob. My particular area is the Riverina, so Griffith, uh, Narandra, and then Yass. So all the way from Yass to Wagga, out that way, that's, my, that's where my mob's from. Mm. So do you actually know Indigenous language too, mate? Uh, I'll know I'll know words. Um, I've been trying to learn. There's, a, there's actually a, a Wiradjuri language program out at Western City, uh, TAFE, TAFE, but based in Dubbo, that does a language course over a, a couple of months. But I've just been too busy, mate, with work and travel. So, mm. But um, Stan Grant Sr., no, Stan Grant, I'm sure obviously the listeners know who he is, but he's yeah. an old man, but revived the, the language, and there's a, an Aboriginal Wiradjuri language dictionary book and there's also an app out there yeah right we're up words so i know i know the, the good words i can't hold a conversation but i, I know the <laughs> some good words <laughs> give us give us a couple of words uh so you got oh so there's a universal word for gammon so that's like ah uh, yeah that's not right or you're you know, you're, you're pretending you know and what else is there uh um mary gun that's dog yeah, so yeah. We, we had Al Daly on the show and he works closely with the Gujaga Foundation and you've probably heard of the, them and they, they want to try and preserve Indigenous languages because, as you know, over the centuries it's sort of been a forgotten thing but it's an important thing to preserve, isn't it? I'm 100%. It's hard. You know, a, lot of, a lot of the languages in this stuff are, you know, it's where the European settlement, you know, Especially out there in Lapa, that's where you know, mm. um, you know, it's where it all sort of was decimated. Not only sort of they try to decimate the culture, but the language as well, and and the people. So um, a lot of it's been lost, but a lot of it's been reclaimed. And um, like the likes of Uncle Stan Grant Senior rejuvenated the language and and preserving it for the preserving it for the future generations like myself and and my kids and grandkids. So it's you know it's a part of the culture, uh, it's part of your identity. If you know you lose your language, you lose a part of yourself. Mm. Mm. Well, it'd be great to see it um, taught in all schools uh, one day. You know, who knows? Mm. Yeah, well, it's great. I actually visited a few schools in the Wiradjuri uh, area, um, you know, Central West area, and um, there's a few schools out there it's in the system in the primary schools. You know, they're learning it. They uh, there's some songs they sing, and the black and white kids um, coming together and, and learning the language. At parks. I got a special mention of Parks Primary School. Right? Went there, um, Dennis Moran, and they listen to what no Dennis. Yeah, yep. uh, nice one. He kids go there, and Dennis invited me to come out there and speak at school during a night like a few years back. And mate, they they know the language. Like I was blown away. It's actually taught in the school. It's part of the, uh, the curriculum. So oh, it's fantastic. Uh, you, you mentioned schooling. Well, what about yourself, mate? Well, what school did you go to? Uh, a few schools, like a few footy clubs, until we moved around a bit. So, yeah. well, when I was born, I mean, we, we, we lived in Erco, 
So that's where, when I was born, I went from the Crown Street Women's Hospital to Erco. I went to Erskville, uh, for Mary's in Erskville mm. for a few years, till year three. And then we moved to Wollongaloo and I went to Plunkett Street Public School uh, for a few years. And I had a year up at a Reference Public School as well. Mum, she worked in Reference, so I'd go up there and my cousin Lee, you know, my extended family, or you know, a couple of uh, younger members of the family went to pub, uh, Reference Public School as well. So mm. I wanted to hang out with them. So I went there for a year and... High school, went to Glebe High School uh, in year seven. Then I switched over to St. Mary's Cathedral in the city from year eight to 10. And then the 11 and 12, I went to Marston and College Bramwick. And in hindsight, I, w- I wish I went to Marston from year seven, mate. So I've got lifelong friends there who I'm still in contact with. We catch up quite often and we're in a very funny group chat. There's about <laughs> 40 of us. I, I watch up chat. And now, uh, now, damn, my life's on mates, and um, yeah, great school. Uh, you know, I love playing footy with them. We played Commonwealth League Cup. We got beaten in the grand final by Shaw. Yeah, they, we had a great team, but we had a mm. yeah, but fun times there. Uh, another Marcelin boy, eh? We've, we've had about fifteen guests on the show from Marcelin, but anyway, there you go. Yeah, we have, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, Ch- Chaps is an old Marcelin boy. Every time you mention it, the smile that just comes on his face, and I think Maury, uh, our, our workmate, our workmate Adam Moore, went there. He, he's an old. Ah, uh, yeah, Maury was well, Maury is my e. I live at Maury. He's a good mate of mine. So Maury's in that WhatsApp chat I spoke about. You know, I lived with Maury for a few years out in Kuji. Um Those wars could talk. Oh, it'll be some good stories coming from those wars. But um, <laughs> no, nah, he's a good mate of mine, Maury. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a good boy. So he's a Parramatta real. So we'll move on from that. How did he you? He is. He is. <laughs> how did you? How did you? Well, he's the grandson of the great Brian Chickamore, Newtown legend of the of the rugby league world. But that's another story. How did you become such a mad bunnies fan, mate? <laughs> good question. Well, obviously, growing up in the area, being born in the area, playing you know, in the South City District Footy Club as a junior. But it was my mum. She, uh, I think, she made sure I was a supporter. In, in, you know, when she felt pregnant, I was in the womb. She kept talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I was born. I was, I was, you know, red and green already. So, um, yeah, she's a big influence. She was a big influence in my life. She's no longer with us, unfortunately. But, um, oh, uh, yeah, she was a passionate Rabbitoh supporter, and yeah, that's why I am. You get very excited at the games, don't you, in the crowd? Oh, you know, boy. <laughs> you know, especially when we're playing and beating the Roosters, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, yeah I, lo- I love my footy. I, you know, I'm a passionate Rabbitohs man. And, yeah, I just love seeing the boys. Been up, you know, we went through a few leanies there in the, uh, you know, late 90s, you know, early 2000s. And all our bankies out of the comp and all that sort of stuff. And then coming back and having those leanies. So it's great to see you know, enjoy some success. You've watched them for many years, like you just said. Did you have a favourite player that you've always loved to watch or loved to follow? Greg Inglis, mate. When he comes and play with us, you know, he's look at his highlight reel. He's just, he's a rugby league specimen. He's a perfect build. You know, he's got power, speed, agility, defend. Mm. He's, he was just great to watch. But as you know, earlier in my career, Phil Blake was a, someone I love watching. He's you know, a chip and chase specialist. I used to love going to the footy stadium and watching him play. It was, he was an yeah, excitement machine. I loved it. The old chip and chase, and these people are back. <laughs> Chrissy Sando had it there for a little bit when he played with us, but um, I haven't seen it since. So, yeah. Renault, Cody, somebody, bring it back. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's ironic that we're going to feature Chrissy Sando on our Remembering a Rabbitoh a little bit later in the show. So, yeah, it is Indigenous round, mate. You've just mentioned the great GI, and we've had some sensational Indigenous players wear the red and green and play rugby league in general. What does Indigenous Round mean to you? Oh, mate, it's a great, 
it's a great way to celebrate you know, the Indigenous uh, input plays they have had over the years, you know, especially the Rabbitohs that you, know, you boys would know. Obviously, Mayro and Brownie, you played, you know, played great with, and some great plays. You know, South Sydney itself, but it has two big communities, Aboriginal communities, three big Aboriginal communities in Redfern, Waterloo and Alapuru. So uh, the Rabbitohs celebrate it always you know, with their South Cares program. That's why big reason why I love that club and what it represents. Um, but it's just a great way to showcase, you know, the, the input of the players over these and also showcase the talent that's being played now and, and the culture. You know, we are, we're lucky in this country to we live in Australia, but we also have the longest continuing culture in the world, and that's the Aboriginal culture. And that's, you know, that's something that all Australians should be proud of and embrace and get to know more of and educate themselves. And, you know, it can become their culture as well and it's something they can be proud of as well. So, um, it's great that the NRL have come on and supported it so strongly. Um, you know, there's other codes now. You know, AFL has already done it. Uh, you know, I can see the NBL coming on board and Netball is coming on board now with it and making it such a, an important part of their calendar year. So um, it fills my heart with joy too and pride to see you uh, represented. And the jerseys out there each each uh, year during the rounds, they're just, yeah, it's amazing. They're, they're good, aren't they? And especially the Rabbitohs one this year, we just touched on earlier in the show and some great artwork and it really tells you what what it represents. Certainly does, and, and you know, each um, each uh, artwork of the jerseys tells a story. And um, this year's, it's, you know, the Rabbitohs. Obviously, you know, it's a great story with some of the young kids in the South Cares program. So it's great to see. So you got a gig with Channel Nine there in the Indigenous round, mate. You, you want to talk us through that? Uh, not Channel Nine this year. I did last year. Uh, uh, I haven't got the call up yet. Well, we might, we might get one in the next couple of days, hopefully. Well, you get. <laughs> so they better the, hurry up. You're getting the call. I'm up in Alice Springs at the moment, so they better <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> no, well, Chick, you're getting the call up with us, mate. This, well, you're going yeah. out across the airwaves, so, mate. Last week, but we... I'm, 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 I'm doing the rabbit. I'm on the on-field MC for the Rabbitohs. Um, their game uh, during the Indigenous round, and I, I got the call up from the Tigers, West Tigers, as well. So, um, yeah, that was, um, yeah. Coming okay. out of the blue, but I'm, I'm going to do their event as well out of Bankwest. Well, that's Friday perfect. Night and lots of lots of the boys playing for them as well. Well, so you should be, mate. You've done a great job last year with Channel 9, mate. Thanks, mate. And we're going to be there next week working the after-game show, and you're going to be on the field. So we'll be working alongside you out there in Indigenous Round, and can't wait to see you doing it, mate. And hopefully yeah. we can get on the field and film you a bit of you doing your thing for Indigenous yeah, no worries. Yeah, I love it, mate. I love, I love doing it. So that's why I'll do it with the NRL All-Stars at the start of the year. I've been doing that with the, the Indigenous team and the, you know, the NRL All-Stars and the Maori, now the Maori team. So I love it, mate. Yeah, I was just going to touch on that, Chica, with the uh, the All-Stars game and the week uh, that leads into that. that. That's a very important week on the Rugby League calendar as well. Mate, very, very important. Um, a great concept. Two proud cultures, the Maori culture and the Aboriginal culture, Torres Strait Islander culture coming together. I think it's, you know, it's just enhanced that concept even more. And so it's a week long celebration of celebrating both the cultures. And you know, the the players get out there in the communities and do events. They have a a youth summit that happens, so they get two students from each of the clubs that are in the school to work programs. Uh, one female, one male, mm. and they go up there and, and spend time with some of their other kids from all the other programs and get to do workshops with the, both the teams and yeah it's a great great event I was, I've been a part of it like I said since its inception up on the Gold Coast a few years back and no, I absolutely love it and yeah I think it's here to stay Tell us a little bit about your acting career which started way back in 1991 
you know, I started as a nine-year-old or fell into acting as, uh, as a matter of fact. I, one of my schools that I mentioned earlier, Tiger Street Public School in Wormaloo, I, um, we had a relief teacher come in. We had a maternity, our normal teacher was on maternity leave. So the relief teacher came in and I was in the first week. I was just a class clown every day. Huh. Playing up a treat, you know, just <laughs> testing the waters. <laughs> and, um, and so she held me back after class on a Friday and I thought, oh, no, I'm in trouble. Your mum, single parent. Oh, mate, I'm in trouble. So mum walks to the door. She goes, look, Mrs. Carroll, he's not in trouble. But he has this great energy in class that we can utilise in a really positive way outside the classroom. Uh, do you mind if I set up a meeting with a, a, an agency, an acting agency in North Bondi? So mum said, yeah, sweet. So we were along to this, this meeting, had no, you know, no ambition whatsoever to get into the entertainment industry. I wanted to play for the Rabbitohs. Mate. That was yeah. my ambition. <laughs> huh. Play first grade for the Rabbitohs and still is to this day, actually. <laughs> I think I don't tell, though. But, um, After today's yeah. performance, you might get a start. Oh, mate, yeah, let's not mention that one, eh? God, we'll talk, God, we'll God, talk yeah. about that a little bit later. Now we've brushed yeah. over that. <laughs> oh, no, we won't. Now we won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so I went on to the meeting, signed up, and... Uh, yeah, the rest is sort of history. I started my first professional gig was a TV show called The Flying Doctors back in the uh, late early nineties. There, with, wow. Uh, I played. A, I had a one episode on there as a guest role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernie, Ernie Dingo played my older brother, oh. and then I went along and did a from that did a big children's TV show down in in, in Melbourne called Lift Off from the ABC, and uh, which required me to move down to Melbourne for six months uh, without our know, family friends. How old um, was you then, chick? I was I was ten then. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, mate. Yeah, so I got homesick though. So the deal was that they're going to fly me back every fortnight, but I got two homesick. They flew me back every week for six months, every weekend. Yeah. So I'd, I'd go down to Melbourne on a Sunday night after playing footy with the boys on the weekend. Fly down there, work all week. And then fly back on the Friday uh, evening back to Sydney for the weekend. So we had, we had a massive budget. We had like a ten million dollar budget back then, which is still massive these days for a TV show. Janet Holmes, of course, who was one of the richest women in Australia. She was one of the board members for the producing company, and so she put a lot of her own money into it. The Holmes, of course, the name is pretty synonymous with Rabbitohs. Obviously, her son Peter uh, purchased the Rabbitohs for Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, started from there, mate, and this blossomed into sort of what it is now. Mm. Mate, I'm a lover for horses and one of my favourite movies, The Man from Snowy River. You were part of that? I was a part of the TV series. Yes, I was. A guest role in that. I played uh, a young fellow yeah, riding horses. I was, really, I was on a front of it. Had a, had a horse. But we shot that up in up near Dallas and up around the Ballarat in Victoria and it was in winter and it was absolutely freezing. <laughs> um, <laughs> But a great experience, you know, and they built this, you know, this old sort of western, you know, old country town in the middle of nowhere. I felt, I felt like a sort of a proper actor, you know, like a, it was a rock star there. It was amazing. And yeah, part of, part of that TV series from Terra Nine many, many years ago. And you're also part of one of the most iconic shows in Australian history, which was, um, the birth of that was in 1966, Play School, mate. Tell us a bit about that. What about yeah, a bit of fun? Yeah, up? mate. Yeah. Yeah. But. 55 years or longer. Yeah, it's iconic. Pay school. Um, I've been doing it now for 11 years. I absolutely love it. I think every Australian's grown up on pay school. I watched it at least once or twice. And, you know, I, 
know the names of you know Jemima and Big Ted and Humpty Dumpty and um, <laughs> Little Ted. <laughs> and the, song, um, the opening song, mate. We've all got that in our heads. Do, can you give us a bit? Yeah, of that? Can, yeah. Can, can you sing a bit of that for us, Chick? <laughs> oh, I'll start you off. <laughs> Open wide, <laughs> come inside. It's play school. Yeah, boys, you know it. Good work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I, I mean, to get a gig on high um, play school is a, it's a tough thing. You know, they don't take anybody. So yes, it's a, a rigorous audition process, and they sort of pick and choose who they want to audition. But uh, you know, mate, I, I nailed it. Obviously, um, been doing it for eleven years now. I'm the first male indigenous presenter to be ever cast in the show so I'm pretty uh, stoked about that and proud of that so, uh, and I just love it Mate you, you said you played a small role in a, in a couple of them movies and shows but you kicked your film career off with a lead role in a show called Australian Rules in 2002 how was that experience? It was probably the perfect gig if it was a, if it was a rugby league film it would have been 100% perfect <laughs> but um so it was about AFL footy, about you know black and white coming together in a small community in South Australia, and the only time they do come together is on the footy field. And once that final siren come uh, goes, they go their separate ways within the community. So it's had issues of racism, growing up in a small country town, love, a bit of violence, but it was based on a book called Deadlyanna, and um, I was fantastic. You know, it was my first lead in a feature film. I was a young fellow. I flew down to Mel- uh, sorry, Adelaide. We shot in Adelaide for uh, nine weeks. But the fantastic thing about it is because I grew up playing rugby league, I had to learn how to sort of play AFL, the style of handball, the way they kick. So the producer sent me to training with the Sydney Swans here in Sydney, in Sydney, sorry, when I before I left. So I trained with the Swans for two weeks. I got to meet the likes of uh, Mickey O, Goodsy, who, you know, becoming lifelong mates. And uh, that was an amazing experience to train with them. Then I went and trained with a local team in Adelaide for the next four weeks before we shot the film and... Yeah, it's fantastic. It's actually on Netflix at the moment, listeners. So if you're at home, you want to do a bit of Netflix and chill, Australian Rules on Netflix at the moment. So yeah, check it out. Do you get royalties for that, Chica? Oh, mate. Oh, I'll just go back and give me a manager a meeting and see what, 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 what the uh, contract stipulates. But uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that's a good point. I haven't, I haven't thought of that. The Stark Times says that Luke Carroll has a net worth of around 19 million US dollars. His major income source <laughs> is his acting and he, from play, from being a regular host on PlaySkill. Can you confirm oh, this? Wow. <laughs> I, well, I have to give me manager another call and make sure it's not in her bank account. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I haven't sent any of that. That's uh, mate, cool, but, I'll send you the link. Yeah, is, is there any truth old, in that? Or? <laughs> oh, you got to believe, believe everything you read in the papers. It, yeah. it goes with the internet, eh? You don't well, believe everything you read on the internet. Well, they, well they, conti- <laughs> they continue on in the story. They say that you're 38 years old, you're 5 foot 5, and her 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 eye colour and hair is light brown, so they call you a Sheila. <laughs> and, and, and then and then they say you're like Johnny Depp and battered sausage. Well, now we know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Johnny Depp plus battered sausage. I love to see what that equals equals two. It must be me. Oh yeah, obviously. But, uh, wow, what a great description. Yeah, yeah. man, it's good. We're going to share that on the episode webpage for you want to have a look and. So if, is it, if if there is any truth, can you sponsor us with some of that nineteen million on the podcast? Oh, of course, man. That's what being a global ambassador is all about, eh? Yeah, it out, out. Yes, yes, yes. So, mate, what do you like doing when you're not acting, presenting, or watching the bunnies? Um, my first love is my kids, mate. I've got two boys, uh, Marley, he's twenty, and I've got a little Enzo, who's seven. So, um, my older boy now sort of does his own thing. You know, boys, when you reach twenty, you you got a job, you got a car, and you got 
a, a girlfriend and a mate, you know, you know, your dad hanging out with your dad's not cool anymore. So yeah, you get brushed pretty quickly, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. But um, my little fellow Enzo, he's me, yeah, he's me little shadow, and so if I'm not working, mate, or you no, know, I like to pay Oz tag. And I I'll pay with Mabo, uh, representing for the Rabbitohs. I love playing ice tag, and I represented Australia. Uh, I represented mm. the Aboriginal team at the World Cup. Won a World Cup with the Aboriginal team over in Auckland in 2012. So I was going to say that I, I was going to say that I played with you, chicken. You are uh, like a, a freakish, talented player. You've got all the skills, and so w- your rugby league career. You, you, you said you wanted to play for the Rabbitohs. Was there a time there when you thought you might have made the progression, like through the junior rep teams and all that? Not really, mate. No, I mean. It's, as you know, the South Sydney Junior Football Club back in the, in the juniors, mate, we were a strong, strong region. Still are, but we know it was a big region, always strong juniors. But I was acting as well, so that was taking up a lot of my time. Mm. But And I, I suffered a pretty bad injury. I was a compound fracture of the humerus down at Cookie yeah. Oval one day oh, against wow. Barbaroos. So that sort of, yeah, pulled me back a bit. And and with acting, it sort of took over a bit. Your face is your career, mate. Um, mm. So you damage your face. You have no career in that game. So mm. I had to make the choice. But, um, yeah, I it was just a dream of mine. It still is. But, uh, yeah, I didn't progress any further than just the junior teams. Well, mate, you had all the skills. I know that. So next Saturday, anyone who hasn't seen Chica in action doing his presenting, come out to the footy. We'll be out there doing a show. And Chica... Thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Pleasure, lads. I uh, love your work too and uh, always good to see you around the traps and uh, I'll see you out there with victory in the dream. Uh, the like, turn that, turn, turn today's, oh. today's schmozzle around, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. mate. Can't definitely. come quick on enough. Chica, you legend. See you, mate. Good on you, Chica. Righto, boys. Chica, what a great bloke he is. And we've been meaning to get him on the show and we picked a good week and... I think it was fitting that he mentioned that movie he did and it was about black and white racism and trying to work together as a team and that's what Indigenous Round is all about. And he spoke about how some changes are being made in society where kids are learning languages in the school and it's taken generations for for that to change but Chica's part of that, spreading the word. Definitely a champion, Chica, and geez, he had some schools, he had some <laughs> footy clubs mm. and he's done a lot in his life, hasn't he, boys? Oh, it's just a talent. Done it all. Rugby league. He went, went and trained with the Sydney Swans to, to go in that Great Australian Rules movie, which I watched. I think it was fantastic. The underlying message of that, how I had communities divided in the country and it could in the city as well. You know, we're an Indigenous. Um, we're living on say, the, the wrong side of the tracks, for it, so to speak, you know. But mis- movies like that are, are important culturally. And he's breaking down stereotypes. Like he said, he was the first Indigenous Australian on play school. So, you know, times are changing, and so they should be, because Aussies should embrace this oldest living culture on the exactly, planet. Exactly. Not call it... Us against them. Us against them, or it used to be called terra nullis, this nation. There was no man's land. Yeah. That, that's disgusting and then disgraceful. So the quicker we move away from that and embrace our Indigenous brothers and sisters, the better. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by Export Freight Systems. We support Aussie manufacturers. If you're thinking of selling, contact NG Farrah Real Estate and tell them Rabbitohs Radio sent you. We are proudly supported by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Join the Juniors Fitness Centre today for just 19.95 direct debit.
This is Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems, with thanks to Brad Ryder. It was tremendous. Chris Sando, 49 metres out. It's a great strike! Chris Sando, from halfway, wins the game for the Rabbitohs! What a tremendous kick! Chris Sando says, surely... I am sure it cleared the crossbar. Here's the replay once again. There's a crossbar, and the Rabbitohs win. What a strike from the the Bunnies halfback. There it is. Celebrations for South Sydney. What an enormous kick. Chris Sando says, Russell, that's for you. This week's Remembering a Rabbitoh is Chris, Indigenous Alfie, Sandow. Rabideau player number 1062. Born on the 9th of January, 1989, in Kingaroy, Queensland. 1989, Brownie. Fond, it, fond memories of that year. Yeah, it was a great year for the <laughs> mighty Rabbitohs. It was too. And the little legend himself was born that year. So, anyway, he grew up in Queensland in a rugby league mad community of Cherbourg, it's a three-hour drive northwest of Brisbane. He moved and attended Marsden High School, which is a very famous rugby league school. Mm. And in 2006, when he was in year 12, he had the likes of Israel Folau and former NRL player Antonio Winterstein in his side. So he come through with some, some pretty handy talent. He is from the Begamble Gubby Gubby traditional Aboriginal community. He's a goal-kicking halfback. And he was selected in the Australian Schoolboys Tour of Wales, England and France. He was man of the match versus the British Amateur Rugby League Association that year. His first contract was with the Gold Coast Titans where he was signed as a backup for Scott Prince. Played lower grades in the under-20 system there until his contract was torn up for poor discipline. And the Gold Coast Titans' loss was our gain because then South Sydney Recruitment Officer Mark Hughes signed him on a minimal contract of 30 grand. And it was the year after Mark also enticed Bulldogs winger Isaac Luke over to the Rabbitohs and we converted him to a hooker. And mm. what a hooker he turned out to be. Oh, what? I remember a young Chris Sandow playing in our Toyota Cup team in 2008 and he was braining them, boys. Chips over the top, showing goes, kicking goals from the sideline. He could do it all. We just heard Chicka... Give Chrissy Sandow a rap. He was like the Phil Blake, wasn't he? And, yeah, he just, he had it all. He just played off the cuff, but he could also play structure. Yeah, and he, he was just one of them yeah. great players and natural talents that we're talking about that is involved with Indigenous players. Well, he wanted the ball when the game was on the line. That, that was Chris Sandow. Yeah. He mm. wanted to be front and centre every week. Now, following an injury to star recruit Craig Wing from the Sydney Roosters, the the evil empire, as we call him on our show, in round one, where it was a prowler tackle. He was held up, and Riley Brown came in and popped his shoulder. He was out for a number of weeks. Anyway, we tried all these different halves. Eddie Payer, Ben Rogers, Jeremy Smith, Isaac Luke even jumped in there for a bit. Yeah, five different halfbacks over the first 11 or 12 rounds. And then, yeah, they finally put Chrissy Sandow in, and they won five in a row. Well, in round 13 that year, 2008, Chris Sandow come into the side with with also a number of other players coming at Dubu over there at Mount Smart Stadium and, and he brained him. 
boys. He kicked a field goal, um, set up a couple of tries. I think Jamie Simpson was in that game from memory. And we went on a, a five-game winning streak. And there's one particular game, I think it was two games later, round 16, and the return of the prodigal son, Craig Wing. He came back from injury, and he jumped in the halves with Chris Sandow, and we were down 28 points to four with about you know, 28, 30 minutes to go. And Chris Sandow and Craig Wing mounted a massive comeback. I think it finished up with a try in the corner to... Luke Capewell, the boy from Charleville, 12 hours west of Brisbane, scored in the corner. Isaac Luke tied it up. We marched our way down there, and, and who wins the game? Chris Sandow, 29-28 to um, finish off the second biggest comeback in rugby league history at the time, a 24-point comeback. Um, well, I think fantastic. We, I think we were well, down 28-4 today, weren't we? It's a shame we didn't do the same thing against the Panthers. No, we anyway. couldn't mount that comeback today. <laughs> well, just speaking of the comebacks, you just mentioned... It was the second biggest comeback. I actually played in the biggest comeback. And it was against the Cowboys. I was playing with the Panthers. We actually led 26-0 at halftime. I scored a double in the first half. I was playing halfback. Ryan Girdler was playing 5-8. We came out the second half. We kicked the penalty goal, 28-0. And we got run down, boys. Yeah, so what'd you put... 32-28. to What'd you do? Put the cue in the rack, Brownie? Do you... And- <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, the, one of the reporters said to Roycey Simmons uh, after the game in the press conference, your halves were on fire in the first half. Someone must have threw water on them at half time because they just went out of flames. <laughs> staying and cold. You went staying cold in the second half. So I actually uh, played in that biggest comeback, even though we didn't win. And it was against the Cowboys as well. Continue on, Chad. Well, it's good that you, someone else is telling a story about something bad that went on in their career rather than me. <laughs> Not quite as bad, but anyway. Anyway, he went on to play. Yours wasn't bad, mate. Three great seasons for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. And, mate, he was just... Wasn't good. He was one of those guys <laughs> that he was. You, you had to watch week in, week out, didn't you, boys? Yeah, I used to love watching him play. Like you said, chaps, always wanted the ball in his hand when the game was in the balance. And majority of the time, he'd get us home. A couple of times, he kicked great field goals to win the game. Yeah, well, not only he was a field goal exponent, obviously, but 2011, this is prior to that try, 2012 against the Roosters, where obviously Adam Reynolds scored that winner that time. That year before, 2011, he had a 50-metre walk-off golden point field goal in the 86th minute. It was incredible. Pretty much, yeah, it was off a standing start, just went bang, and just nailed it straight over the black dot. And they went wild to knock the roosters off there. You just said a walk-off. I've never really heard that term before. Explain what a walk-off is. Oh, well, that's the last play of the match, you know what I mean? I suppose they use that term in baseball, walk-off home run or, you know, walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth where you, you come from behind and win, and that's mm. that's the last play of the game. He was and good at that one, he, Sandow. Oh, he's a freak. He used to come in for the big shots too. Yeah, big, he did. I remember yes. a big shot he put on, I think it was Dane Laurie, <laughs> the uncle of the Dane Laurie at the Tigers at the moment. He's a monster back rower. Mm. And uh, he went up to hit the bloke and he went flying off. And He wouldn't actually wrap his arm around. He'd sort of like just swing his arm, eh? And it'd, yeah. It'd bounce off. And there was another big hit he put on Sean Kenny Dowell, if you can remember that one. I think it was, it might have been the following year, 2009, that first year. We knocked off the Roosters 52-20 from memory. Or 52-12, to 12, I think it was it. At the stadium there, he had a blind, he had a couple of chip over the top, tries, and he'd give it to um, Sean Kenny Dow. Yeah, yeah. Big shoulder charge. He loved his footy. He always had a smile on his face, and 
putting shots on or that's what it was mate he just loved playing footy mm. and once again that backyard footy type mentality. eyes up yeah the mentality eyes up footy but could also play that structure game if you wanted him. Mm. And he's also involved in one of my favourite plays that I've spoken about a couple of times where he made the break when he went to Parramatta and Renault ran him down in a famous tackle. So he's given us some great memories both for and against Chrissy Sandow. And we've had some great halfbacks at South. And hopefully, now that we've lost one of our greats, there's another one just around the corner. Well, it was tough in 2011 when he did sign with Parramatta. I think it was a big deal, like 500 plus thousand. He went over to Parra, but I don't think he was the same away from Redfern. I think it really suited him being at Redfern. But anyway, we, we end up getting Adam Reynolds in and the rest is history, and I think that was the right decision as well, boys. What were some of his stats, chaps? Well, he played 84 first-grade games for the Rabbitohs, 19 tries, 198 goals, and his goal-kicking. There was one year, I think 2010, he kicked at 86%. So he was, his whole career was 77%. It's only five percent there behind um, the great Adam Reynolds. He had also kicked 18 field goals. Um, he went over to Parramatta, played 75 games, and he went over to Warrington Wolves. He killed him over there, I think. 31 games over there. Come back and play with the North Devils and finished up playing A grade in the Mackay local comp. He His representative career, he, he played in 2010 in the Prime Minister's 13 up there in PNG where he scored a try. And he also played a couple of games in the Indigenous All-Stars. I remember watching him over in the UK playing for Warrington and won them a lot of games with his off-the-cuff type footy. And geez, they used to love an Aussie halfback, didn't they, Warrington? Yeah. Natty Wood, Blake Austin. Yeah. And the greatest of all, the eighth immortal, Andrew Johns. Joey Johns. Alfie Langer who he was likened to uh, um, in most of his career. Yeah. Indigenous Alfie. Well, yeah. a quick little story about Alfie. I was a skipper at Salford. Alfie was a skipper at Warrington. He was playing his last game. I asked him at the toss if I could get his jumper. He said, no worries, Brownie. Got his jumper. Signed it. I've got his last jumper. Alfie Langer. What's that worth, boys? Oh, thousands. Well, he came back and had another year at the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, would that fit your Alfie's jumper uh, well, back then, the jumpers were quite large. They're mm. not like today. Skin tight. <laughs> yeah, you'd stretch it on if you had to. Yeah, I'd stretch it on. And then recently in the news, Chrissy Sandow, he's offered his services for to the Bunnies for $150,000. He's available to well, make a comeback. Go. I don't know what, what sort of shape he's in. I'm, I'm sure they'll um, whip him into shape if that's, what they, that's where they go. But I think after what we saw in the last couple of days, we've got some pretty good halves coming for us. So uh, I think Chrissy, but he might get a start somewhere else. I mean, good luck to him. We've got another old halfback there as well. The great Benji Marshall. Well, yeah. He'll come in, Andy. Don't worry about that. Anyway, great player, Chrissy Sandow. My name is Chrissy. That's Chrissy Sandow. I've got the skills to chill and watch me. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrell Real Estate. Now, boys, just before we go any further, another around the grounds out at Bankwest Stadium. It's 22 to 6. In favour of the Manly Seagulls. There you go. They're going to win it for Bozo, eh? Today. Yeah, yeah. You, they would if they're ever going to be up for a game of footy. It was going to be that one, wasn't it? Dude, they're starting to build nicely. I mean, I wouldn't want to run into them right now. The Rabbitohs—they're they're playing good football. The Seagulls. No I'm just looking it. at the stats now, and there's no try there to Tom Trebojevic, but 
I'd say he would have had a hand in a couple of them, boys. He's been on fire lately. Oh, he's one of the most dominant players in the competition, boys. So the Broncos' big win last night. They played well. They put the Roosters to the sword. And chaps, well, they might not make the eight the way the Chooks are playing. Well, I mean, I don't <laughs> want to sit and back the Chooks because we just had a, a pretty pretty tough loss. But, I mean, they, they put out a fair side on paper, the Chooks. But the Broncos just looked like they wanted it more. You know, obviously they're more desperate. They've hardly won a game this year. But I think Pango Jr. come out right over the top of Victor Radley. Well, is that, it's called Victor Bin Radley. Victor Bin Radley. And <laughs> have you got a stat on Young Sawali's debut, chaps? Well, I mean, it's more pretty great stat, but he's got one of the worst stats in rugby history. He hasn't won a game yet. Zero percent winning percentage. <laughs> yeah, in saying that, no. uh, boys. Yeah, he played that, all right. The I, young I thought kid. he did. I thought he, he held uh, his own. Yeah, he held his own. Oh. He had some really nice touches. A couple of nice little catch and passes. He's a big to unit. He's yeah. seven, seventeen year old, and he's. I hate saying it, but yeah, he he's, could be anything. And yeah, so well, I've, I've written down here. It was the Radley farce. Where is the game heading? Pa- pardon the pun. <laughs> so it, it's it was a well. He's oh. got older. His style at the end of the day. He does. He does sort of tread that thin line every week. Um, he, he he hits players in the head. Simple as that. He's done it his whole career. Mm. Yeah. It's not only yeah. Victor. It's pretty much all of NRL. If you could go back and and dissect every player, I'm sure you'll find that every player's been penalised for a, for a high tackle, one way or another. So uh, obviously Victor has got to alter his tackling technique, and so does the rest of the NRL players because they're going to stick solid with this issue. So the people that are jumping up and down saying the game's stuffed and it's like Oztag, well, what do you, what's the alternative to allow players to keep striking at the head and allow a culture where later in life players are suffering from dementia and, and mental illness and CTE? So now that we've bought it in, you can't go back. You can't go back now and say, oh, right, oh, it's open slather. So players are just going to have to get with the program. Mm. They're just going to have to make sure there's no loose arms, whether it's intentional or accidental. Just got to keep it below the shoulders. It's that's hard it. when a player's dropping as you're coming towards well, it, it and you've set your feet. Like I, I think there was a, a couple today there. It, 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 I mean, I don't know how you get away. I think there's one in the reserve grade game there, but a, a bloke was sort of falling. Rut, he's falling and he sort of hit him in the head. And you know, I mean, they yeah. weren't they weren't doing the sin bin thing in reserve grade. And the but game's still, that quick. Oh, accidents are going to happen. There's some great athletes out there that just you know. They can turn on a dime, and you've set your feet. This poor big front row, and he just his hands right where the bloke's falling, yeah. cracks him in the skull. But and like yeah, you said, Mavo, all these fans that are blowing up, well, these fans don't have the players in their thoughts, do they? For after you know when they're retired. Well, let's yeah. see. Let's see. Do we hit up out there? Yeah, that's right. Let, let's <laughs> that's see. Right. Let's see you getting hitting the ball up and letting. I wouldn't want getting, to do one. Getting bashed about the head by Victor Radley or JWH, and see how much you like it. And seeing stars. And then saying, oh, no, let, let, let's keep that. Mm. So, anyway, let's move on. And we play Para this Saturday at 5.30 at Stadium Australia. We and spoke about it before. We're doing a show. But as it stands, teams one and two have won. Teams three, four, and five have all been beaten. Mm. Us, the Eels, and the Chooks. Mm. So, it just looks like that the top two are opening up that little gap and the rest are going to try and make up the numbers. But having said that, we get Cameron Murray back soon. I don't know if it's going to be this week. Hopefully it is, but probably in the week after. Yeah. And we need to win this one, boys. Well, we do. And, and by the looks of it, both sides' attack was pretty ordinary over the weekend. As we record this show, the Parramatta Eels have only scored one try. 
we only scored two. Um, but the most important thing we've got to get in order is our defence. I think if we get our defence in order, you know, we'll come up with a with a win against the Parramatta Eels. But there's a lot of work to be done, boys, uh, from what I've seen today. Well, Penrith exposed our right edge defence again. Um, mm. Whether or not that combination is not real settled out there. Um, Campbell Graham and Mansour seem to be on a different page at times. I mean, Penrith were brilliant and they had plenty of space to work mm. with, but I know Mansour seemed to rush up a little bit there. I'm not sure what the coaching staff's going to do with that there, whether they make a change or try and just get him to make a correction there or not. But going look, forward, look, boy, what sort of team are we going to put out there? Well, much I, I, different than last week. That's what I was just going to say, Chas. We've got, we got the team to turn it around. Yeah. You know, we're, we've got one of the best attacking spines in the competition. If we can get Cameron Murray back, it'll be good. But I wouldn't be rushing him at this time of year. Nah. You know, we've no. got a buy coming up. Is that after the Parramatta game, boys? Yes, it is. There you go. So well, there you go. So you know, if we can rest him for one more week, he's going to have three weeks off. So and we'll get him back after that period. So what do you do? You just got to get up and go again next week and work hard during the week at training. And, and reserve grade's playing well. I mean, they, they had a great game today without yeah. without actually winning the game. They couldn't have done very much more. So there, there's a couple of guys putting their hand up down there, yeah. especially in the outside backs. Like Braden Burns got through the game all right. I think Tane Milne, Tane Milne yeah, scored a nice try. and He went good. So anyway, if you're coming out to the game next week, stay after the game for our post-game show. I think, chaps, you're not going to be there. You're going away and you might not even be on the show next week. No, I'm flying up there to Hamilton Island on, on Saturday a family holiday we're going for about a week or so so I'm looking forward to that the kids are looking forward to doing some snorkeling and whatnot and hanging in the pool be pretty tough to take 23 degrees overnight 28 during the day well you might do the show on your own maybe I might go with you chaps (laughs) yeah anyway we've done we might have a bye week ourselves (laughs) we can't do that the fans want to hear us and I've booked through what if it's Aussie for travel yeah great nice plug the only positive thing is that we've done three shows and they've all been winning performances so I'm really looking forward to next week's show after a great win against the Parramatta Eels. Okay, everybody, don't forget to rate and review and also subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch our Rabbitohs TV videos and share them to your friends. Take us away, Maroon. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.